The DeAndre Hopkins to the Ravens speculation continues to grow and grow. And we talk about the latest on the situation, as well as how the Ravens could acquire DeAndre Hopkins and putting together a plan for that. We'll also talk about Jalen Hurts' deal a little bit more and how it pertains to the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. We'll also look at draft mailbag questions, as well as mock drafts on Twitter, and so much more coming up next year on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostrecker, Ravens Wire. We're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I really appreciate everybody who is here today listening or watching us and making us your first listen each and every day here on Locked On Ravens, whether it's your first time or if you're an everydayer and you listen every day here on the show. And again, free and available everywhere. So you can subscribe for free audio form, video form. And we've built a really nice community here on Locked On Ravens. I appreciate each and every one of the members of the Locked On Ravens community. And so if you want Day the Ravens news analysis updates, be sure to subscribe as well as follow along. And if you have a family member or a friend who is a Ravens fan or wants Ravens updates, be sure to throw them over our way here on Locked On Ravens as we do put out that Monday through Friday content. But here today on this Wednesday, we actually do have a lot to talk about. I know the draft is coming up, but we'll continue getting into our draft content. But I do want to talk a bit about the Ravens and this DeAndre Hopkins situation, because I think it's picking up a ton of steam here. And I feel like, you know, one report here, one report there from maybe a not so credible source. And I know everybody's definition of credible is something different, but you know, you just kind of throw it off to the side. Like, Oh, that'd be fun. But we, we started to hear, obviously Michael Lombardi put out a report. Now we have on the Pat McAfee show, Pac-Man Jones, who again, you're like, oh, Pac-Man Jones, okay, like, yeah, you know, sources, but he actually is very good friends with DeAndre Hopkins, set up the interview that Hopkins had with Pat McAfee, so maybe his sources or DeAndre Hopkins himself will talk about the latest in that situation and kind of put together and formulate a little bit of a plan to how the Ravens could actually make it work money-wise, because obviously with the Odell deal, how could, how could they fit DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham under the same cap. We'll talk about that. Then in the second segment, we'll talk a bit more about Jalen Hurts and his deal with the Eagles, getting into those financials and with Lamar and how it relates back to the Ravens. If again, we talked about it yesterday with Spencer Schultz, highly recommend that episode, but just in terms of how it actually makes Lamar look, how it makes the Ravens look. And if the ball is in Lamar's court fully at this point, then finally, we'll take a look at some mailbag questions. We'll talk a bit more about Odell and then also get into a couple mock drafts on Twitter if we have the time as well. So let's now get into our content here over on Locked the Ravens. DeAndre Hopkins, first segment, and the, the DeAndre Hopkins of the Ravens agenda, as people call it, the situation, it, it is still alive. It, it will not go away. I think when it first was mentioned after Odell, I think it was much more realistic before Odell, but... After Odell, people were just kind of like, oh, like, yeah, that'd be really cool. But it's not really that realistic because obviously they just spent all that money on Odell. But then the Michael Lombardi report comes out where Lamar said, go get me DeAndre Hopkins and Odell. I think he later clarified it to or. So it was DeAndre Hopkins or Odell. But then yesterday, Pac-Man Jones, former Bengals corner, Titans corner, joined the Pat McAfee show and he said his sources told him that DeAndre Hopkins to Baltimore could still happen. And 
I think that again, when you look at like Pac-Man Jones and again, okay, what sources does he have? But, you know, but I think that, you know, you look at kind of the relationship that Pac-Man Jones has with DeAndre Hopkins, they are friends, you know, according to what everybody says here, they are close. And so maybe his source is DeAndre Hopkins. And he had mentioned, I think it was, I think it was back in March. He ended up saying that five teams were in on Hopkins. And I think that actually ended up being true. So the fact that now Pac-Man Jones is saying this, who's close to DeAndre Hopkins, and you even go back to what Darius Slay said about, oh, well, you know, even after Odell, some people still want to go to Baltimore. This could be something. I'm not saying it is. Like, obviously, there are still other teams. I know people have, like the Chiefs, for example, or the Bills, or another team like that is also in the running, potentially. But I wouldn't necessarily count Baltimore out here. But now the conversation kind of goes to, okay, well, (laughs) how are you fitting that DeAndre Hopkins contract into the Ravens salary cap? Hopkins has a $19 million base salary for 2023. He also has another year added onto that in 2024. So to me, you know, you're kind of looking at all these other teams and with the Ravens just giving all that money to Odell, you're kind of thinking, okay, well, they they can't do that. They're just going to spend their money on a corner. But they do have the ability because – well, there are actually multiple paths. I'm putting together a plan for actually how this could happen and how they could do it. I give shout out to Kyle Barber. He put together an article on Baltimore Beatdown. I've also talked about some of these scenarios before, but Kyle did a really good job of, of laying it all out there. So, you know, you go, go check out his article over at Baltimore Beatdown. But there are multiple different avenues. And again, stuff that we've kind of lightly talked about here, but I do just kind of want to run through them a little bit. And I think that the, the best way to do it honestly, is the Lamar extension. You know, you you free up that cap space. Lamar would free up tens of millions of of dollars for them, especially, obviously, the ideal structure. It's kind of what Jalen Hurts got just from a a base view is you make that first year, even second year cap hit low. You make it a back-loaded deal. Maybe you could use void years. Maybe the Ravens showed the willingness to do that with Odell. So we'll kind of see what their game plan is there. But the Lamar extension, to me, feels like the the best option but at the same time it kind of feels like Lamar is playing on the franchise tag this year so I think you got to go a little deeper and say well can the Ravens still acquire DeAndre Hopkins without that Lamar restructure or Lamar extension and put together an offer both for draft capital and get them under the contract well they definitely can I mean part of it Kyle outlined it in his article is the fact that the Cardinals could retain $8 million in salary because right now the Ravens have about 3.7, like 3.07 million in cap space. And then actually effectively they have 552,000. So not, yeah, not a lot. So they, they would be 15 mil plus over the cap, but if they can take back some of the salary, I, I think that that would work. And obviously we had Brian McFarland on, I think he talked about that a little bit as well, but I think the most that the Cardinals can retain is $8 million, so we'll see what ends up happening there. I, I think that once you do that, you still don't have the cap space. You have to restructure a couple of guys, and that's kind of the, the next path. I think Lamar extension is your best path. The second best path is just restructuring some guys. The Ravens haven't restructured at least one of those significant, one of those big contracts. Talk about Marlon Humphrey, Mark Andrews, Ronnie Stanley, Roquan Smith. They have the ability to do that, you know, between Marlon Humphrey and Ronnie Stanley, the Ravens could free up as much as 14.8 million for 2023. And that could, that could be good. I mean, I think that for what the Ravens have right now, you still have the ability to create that cap space with other restructures, which I think leaves them with one more big move 
that they could make. And obviously I think Hopkins, I mean, I, I go back to just imagining the offense with Hopkins and Beckham and Bateman and DuVernay and Andrews and Dobbins and Edwards, and obviously Lamar Jackson in there too. It'd, it'd be incredible. And, you know, from the days of that graphic, I still can't find, I found it and then I lost it, but it's the graphic. I can't remember when it was from, but it was outlining the Ravens wide receivers and it was, you know, the top four guys after everybody got hurt, it was Sammy Watkins, James Prochet, Tylen Wallace, and Demarcus Robinson. Going from that to DeAndre Hopkins, Odell Beckham, Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, and maybe even a first rounder in there, that's night and day. So restructures to me, it could it could happen because you're allowed to restructure these deals in such a way that frees up the cap space immediately. Now you're kind of pushing the, kicking the can down the road, as people like to call it, but I think for what the Ravens seemingly are going for, it's, it's a one-year deal for Odell. And, you know, a lot of these guys here, you're talking about a, a player like Devin DuVernay hitting free agency, J.K. Dobbins hitting free agency, Gus Edwards hitting free agency. A lot of players are hitting free agency on the offensive side of the ball after this season. So if there was like an all-in-ish year without going fully all-in, but kind of going all-in, I think that would be it too. And then, you know, outlining, we've talked about guys who could be cut or traded to free up cap space and just make room. And even so, you know, players like, I know I know Devin Duvernay has been mentioned. He does have a pretty big cap hit for a fourth-year player at this point. He has 4.3 is a cap hit right now. Obviously, that's because he, he's hit multiple incentives, made Pro Bowls over the course of his career so far. But then you have other guys, you know, Kyle Outlines, Tylen Wallace, James Prochet, which would save them 1.7, but also talks about Patrick Queen. And Patrick Queen is someone I know has been on the – on the imaginary trade block this offseason for a lot of Ravens fans. Who knows if he actually is on the actual one. But with the Roquan Smith deal, with Patrick Queen coming up on that fifth-year option and the Ravens not really commenting on that, maybe they could trade him. And maybe it could be in the Hopkins deal itself because that would save 2.27. And then maybe the fact of the matter for that situation is that you could get like the 34th pick in DeAndre Hopkins for the 22nd pick in Patrick Queen. I think that might be a little bit of overpay, but just something along those lines where it's like you're able to pick up Hopkins and that 34th. I think it's 34, the 34th pick. And then you get a, a really good receiver and a second rounder. And if you trade back, you could classify that as, oh, the Ravens are picking DeAndre Hopkins at 22 and still getting uh, the, the 34th pick. So that's another option. But I think it, Look, it seems much more realistic now than it did maybe a week or two ago. I'm not saying it's highly realistic, but I, I kind of go back to the fact that there are multiple different avenues. There are all these plans that, that could happen, but it's kind of a it's kind of a mix that I think will get it done if it does get done. And Kyle says that where he says a blend. That's a good that's a good word. A blend of of these different scenarios and situations where maybe they have to trade a Patrick Queen in the deal. And then they restructure a couple of guys to bit Hopkins under the cap. And then maybe Lamar gets extended. Like, I, I don't think it's just going to be clear cut while well, they can choose option A, B or C. And that's what's going to get him here. Plus you have to wonder about what the actual trade package would be. Now, if he's cut from Arizona, that's a different story. I think that's a much more likely situation for Hopkins to come to Baltimore, as I've talked about, but there are multiple different paths for the Ravens to get DeAndre Hopkins. We, we kind of touched on him a little bit here. And it would make for a very formidable, very dangerous, even and very much unstoppable offense for Baltimore. We're coming up in our second segment, we'll be diving a bit more into Jalen Hurts, as we talked a bit about yesterday with Spencer Schultz. We'll talk about 
his contract, Lamar Jackson, how that impacts him and the Ravens. So be sure to stay tuned. So let's dive into Unlocked on Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel and Grand Slams. No hitters and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. And Adley Rushman, he, he's in that early MVP conversation. I, I'd like to see him win it, but you, you could bet on him in terms of where he maybe left off a couple games ago, and he's been incredible the whole year, but you could bet on Adley Rushman, maybe an Orioles pitcher to go over on strikeouts, although as I keep saying, the pitching not great right now, so I don't know if I take the over on that. You can also build a same-game parlay with your favorite matchups of the day, so miss a chance to get your nose wet first out to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Let's go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. We are back here, our second segment, Locked On Ravens here on Wednesday, midweek edition. Kevin Ostriker still here with you as your host. And we talked about DeAndre Hopkins, the, the different plans that could get him to Baltimore, whether it's a trade or if he's cut or just how the Ravens will maneuver it cap-wise. But I think cap-wise, he got to also take into account the Lamar extension. It's been something we've been talking about all offseason. It has been literally, quite literally exhausting to, to talk about it. And I think a lot of people would have liked it to be done a lot earlier. But here we are. Still, I mean, April 19th here and nothing yet. So for the Ravens, for what the Ravens have right now, you're kind of looking at these quarterback deals and the the Sean Watson deal still stands out as the outlier because on Monday you had the Eagles sign Jalen Hurts, a huge mega deal, five years, 255, 51 million in average annual value there, about 180 of that guaranteed and 110 of that guaranteed at signing. So yeah, you have the practical guarantees and then what's actually guaranteed at signing for Lamar. It seems like he cares about what's guaranteed at signing because you can talk about the practical guarantees, but that is more so like the, the injury guarantees. What would that number be? Then the kickers that kick in. I know the, the rumored Lamar offer that I think, I think was confirmed. I'm, I'm, I'm I can't remember exactly because it's, it's all such a mishmash of stuff right now, but in that offer, that 2025-2026 roster bonus would have kicked. It's that stipulation that would put that guaranteed money, I think, right around $200 million. But again, you look at the quarterbacks around the league and you look at that guaranteed at signing number. Deshaun Watson got the 230 because that's all fully guaranteed. The next closest quarterback to him, the second highest guaranteed at signing contract right now in terms of quarterbacks, is Russell Wilson at $124 million. That's $106 million less than Deshaun Watson got. And we've kind of seen over the course of this past year and some change how the quarterback contracts have been structured, how they have looked. And it seems like a lot of these quarterbacks now aren't necessarily prioritizing fully guaranteed contracts or even mostly fully guaranteed contracts at this point. So I think that some people thought that a Sean Watson deal could have been the start of a trend. It is, in fact, an, a major outlier. It, it sticks out like a sore thumb. The contract you know, beginning with the contract itself, it was a terrible deal for the Browns in particular. Plus, they gave up the draft capital. They sold their soul for it. I think when you're looking at Lamar now, he has dragged out this process. The Ravens have dragged out this process. Again, I don't think either side has handled it particularly beautifully. But I think as more stuff comes out, it, it feels like the Ravens have tried to do everything they can to say, hey, Lamar, we can give you this. We'll make you the second highest paid guaranteed guy. We'll give you this amount of money, but they just aren't willing to go up to that fully guaranteed number. And Lamar, I think, is very dug in in that. And again, I, I have come on here multiple times. I've said it. I'm never going to bash a player for believing in what they're worth. I think Lamar is worth a ton, a ton of money. But 
over the course of these past couple of years, or I guess it's only been a year. It feels like a couple of years, but over the course of this last year, after the Watson deal was signed, the contracts haven't gone in that direction. They've in fact, pretty much gone the opposite direction where the average annual value is still increasing, but the guarantees, I mean, Hertz didn't even get the second most guaranteed at signing. He has the third. He beat Kyler Murray's number, but he, he didn't beat Russell Wilson in terms of the actual practical guaranteed money. He didn't beat Kyler Murray's 189.5. So the Ravens, with that practical guaranteed number, putting it up to 200, and then I think the guaranteed at signing was what, like 133? That would beat both. I mean, it would beat Russell Wilson in terms of guaranteed at signing for the second highest paid guaranteed signing. And it would beat Kyler Murray's 189.5 to make him the second highest paid practical guaranteed player. But I just, it, it, the way this is going in the rate, and I talked about this a bit with Spencer yesterday, maybe part of his plan has been to look at some of these other guys who were coming up for extensions like Hertz, like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. And if this was the first domino in that situation to fall, I think it helps the Ravens more than it helps Lamar. I don't think Lamar's going to all of a sudden say, okay, let, let's do your deal, Ravens. We're, we're, you know, he'll go, he won't go to Steve Bichotti and Eric DaCosta and say, Jalen Hurts got this deal. All right, fine. Like, I, I give up. Lamar's been dug in. He believes in what he's worth, and I think he's going to continue that. So I think the most likely outcome, and I've talked about this, Spencer's been on it for a while, is that Lamar probably plays on some form of a franchise tag or one-year deal. I, I very much agree with what Spencer had to say here, and then make next year the year where he hits free agency and cashes in on whatever that is, because maybe on the off chance that Cincinnati gives Joe Burrow a fully guaranteed deal or close to it, or, or the Jaguars give Trevor Lawrence or the Chargers Herbert. I don't think they're gonna, I mean, I, I don't think anything's going to change there. I think the average annual value as the cap goes up, that will continue to go up. And as such, I think guaranteed, you know, the guaranteed money will in turn, but that's not necessarily saying all of a sudden, you know, Lamar is going to get an offer from Baltimore. That's, over the 230 that Deshaun Watson got, it just doesn't seem realistic at this point. And Shannon Sharp on on first take talked a bit about it, where he said that you know Lamar, if he had representation, it, it would have gone a lot smoother for for him. And at this point, you know, people are starting to look at this situation and get very tired of it. And you know, saying, well, you know, how can Lamar save face? You know, this is this is all Lamar's fault. It's all Lamar. I don't think it's all Lamar's fault. I, I really don't. I think it takes. It, just as Eric DeCosta says, it takes two to tango. I think both sides have to come to an agreement. And in that same vein, I think that partially it is Baltimore's fault and partially it is Lamar's fault. I don't think either party is necessarily free of blame here, but I don't think you can put all of it on one side. But I, I do actually truly believe that the Ravens have done a lot. They, they've done a lot, especially if these offers that we're hearing, you know, the, the 200 million practically guaranteed money and the 133 over three, whatever that deal was. I mean, look, Lamar was offered that deal without an agent. You know, I think an agent would have sped up the process. And again, I'm not saying Lamar has to get one. Like, you know, it's nothing's going to get done without one. But just the, the, the actual fact of the matter is, I think that stuff would have gone quicker. I'm not saying Lamar was right or wrong in his decision. Obviously, he's dragged out. And I think that in turn has hurt both Lamar and the organization, but with this Hertz domino falling right now and actually new information coming out on the actual contract with the first year money, which actually I think is pretty significant in all, all the rumors and the reports coming out about what Lamar was actually offered there. Hertz, I think is getting 60 million. He's getting 60 million up front in the cash in year one, but 87.6 was the reported number that Lamar was offered in that deal. So 27 million more in that first year, getting that money up front. That's a big deal. And I know obviously you get the money guaranteed at signing and that's another factor, but 
there's just so much that goes into a situation like this. And, you know, I, I talked about even going back a year where I said deals like this don't come together super quickly in some circumstances. And I think this is a very, it's a very unique one in what happened, but this is another domino to fall. I mean, we've seen, I mean, just going through the quarterback numbers after Deshaun Watson signed his deal, we've seen Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott. Oh, no, I think Prescott was 2021, not Dak Prescott, but Derek Carr, Daniel Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo, Geno Smith. These are all players that have signed. I think Kirk Cousins maybe on his deal also might be in might have come after Deshaun Watson. Aaron Rodgers, I think, was just before. But out of all these contracts, nothing has come close to Deshaun Watson. So it just seems less and less likely, and especially with you know teams not necessarily biting it, you know, chomping at the bit to go get Lamar. I, I, it seems less and less likely that Lamar is going to get that. Now, if he plays on a one-year deal, has an incredible year, like, you know, MVP conversation, MVP season goes out and wins a Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts got this deal because he, Spencer said it, as a Super Bowl winning performance. You know, they didn't win, but he played a winning game. Jalen Hurts did. So where where does it lie for Lamar in terms of, like, where his value is now because of the injuries? Obviously, he struggled a bit last year outside of the first three games. If he's able to perform really well and have, if he has the the stat line or or the performance he had in the first three games of the course of the entire season next year, I think the value goes up and teams will be more willing to give him that. But I just think is, I think unfair as it is at this point, it's not totally unfair, but I'm not putting the injury label on him yet. I think one more year, if there, if he suffers another season ending injury next year, I think it's fair to ask those questions, but two injuries, both throwing the football, both in the pocket, Stuff happens, right? But at this point, I think Lamar's value was down compared to where it could be. It's down to where it was after 2019, most definitely. So if he builds back up that value and kind of bets on himself for a year, could he get closer? I don't think, I still don't think he's going to get there, but can he get closer to that 230 that Deshaun Watson got? I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But a big domino in Jalen Hurts. We'll see who's next. Is it is it Joe Burrow? Is it Trevor Lawrence? Is it Justin Herbert? Or is it Lamar? I'd prefer it to be Lamar personally. But coming up on our final segment, we'll answer mailbag questions. We'll talk about Lamar and those, Odell, draft, et cetera. We'll also talk about mock drafts from Twitter, a couple that we'll get to over the course of the final segment. So be sure to stay tuned. So we'll have to dive into all Locked On Ravens. We're back. Final segment, Locked On Ravens, Kevin Ostriker. Wednesday edition as we get into mailbag questions. First, though, thank you again for all the support here on Locked on Ravens. Really do appreciate it and making us your first listen here. Be sure to subscribe, audio and video form. I, I got to put the plugs in. I absolutely have to, and I appreciate everybody again. And if you're on your way to work listening in the car, and then, you know, maybe the next day you, you want to listen somewhere else. And then the next day you want to watch in video form. It's the same show, both audio and video. And again, if you have friends, family, be, be sure to throw them our way here on Locked on Ravens. If they do like the Ravens or if they don't, if they're, they're a fan of the Steelers and wants a Ravens perspective on something. Speaking of the Steelers, the Steelers got Allen Robinson in a trade yesterday. Kind of a weird trade. I think the team swapped seventh rounders and the Rams are paying a certain amount of the salary. Robinson is not looked good ever since leaving Jacksonville. That Bears contract was a bust, but the Steelers needed a veteran. It felt like with Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, et cetera, in that room. So he'll slot in. I still think he's talented, but I remember when Ravens fans were <laughs> were beating on the Allen Robinson drum, and that did not work out for the Ravens, and I think it was for the better, almost like the Kenny Galladay deal. Uh, that that Kenny Galladay deal was ugly. And I Ravens fans, even after it was signed, why couldn't the Ravens do that? And I'm saying, well, Kenny Galladay is talented, but – He's not that talented. So sometimes you give out those big wide receiver deals and they come back to bite you. And I think for 
the Rams and the Robinson deal was what 336 or something. It wasn't massively big, but I still think that the Ravens dodge a bull with that one. But regardless, I got I got on a tangent. Let's get into mailbag questions. We'll first get into one from Braden Howard, who says, does anyone have a feel for the Marcus Peters situation? I feel as if it's been a forgotten topic this offseason with having with everything else at the helm. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> everything else has been so much. But yeah, I mean, it's a good point here, definitely. And I think part of it is, you know, we're so focused on Lamar. Obviously, the Odell signing happens. And I mean, it's, it's really just been Lamar. I've been talking about Lamar all offseason. But the, the Peter situation is interesting. I mean, obviously, there is history between Peters and Beckham and, you know, the, the homegirls comments. On, there's history between Marlon Humphrey and Odell Beckham, too. But I don't, I don't think that's necessarily getting in the way of anything. I think that if Peters came back, he'd be a professional about it. He's obviously loved in Baltimore. He loves the Ravens. But there are, I'm sure, maybe a couple teams, maybe the Ravens have concerns about his season last year coming off the ACL. And I always say it was very unrealistic for how many injuries the Ravens had in 2021 that every single player would come back and bounce back and look amazing. I mean, J.K. Dobbins looked incredible after coming back, especially the second time. Ronnie Stanley looked incredible. Gus Edwards had that burst as well. but. You know, again, it was very unrealistic. Everyone was going to be able to bounce back that way. Marcus Peters, unfortunately, was the one who didn't. Very up and down season. Gave up a lot of big plays. Had some moments. Definitely had some moments. I, I go back to the Cincinnati game in week five where he levels Tyler Boyd and starts flocking around the field. That 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 was incredible. But again, for Peters, I think it'd be a perfect signing if the Ravens draft a corner in the first. You know, if they can get a Joey Porter Jr., Deontay Banks has been mocked a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to the Ravens recently. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's Cam Smith, who they had in for a visit. I, I think that if you got, get a Marcus Peters or even if it's a Rocky SC and one of those veteran options, Humphrey, let's just say it's Joey Porter Jr. and Peters. That's a really good one, two, three. And that goes back to, again, the Ravens loving those three corner duos going back to Marlon Humphrey and Brandon Carr and Jimmy Smith, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters and Jimmy Smith, et cetera. They love those options and there's just, there's just not a lot of corner depth. So it's a good point. You know, I don't think Peters would break the bank. I think it's still a very realistic signing, especially after all, all the re-signings Baltimore's had this offseason. They've brought back a lot of their guys. So we'll see how that situation ends up playing out. Let's get into a question now from Gunny Ravens, who says, Hey, KL, if market projections were that no one was going to follow the Browns, the Sean Watson contract, why do you think Lamar seems so set on an alleged similar guaranteed number? Or is it an alleged tactic by him to bring better weapons to the offense before signing a long-term contract? It's, it's an interesting viewpoint, you know, kind of thinking about, well, does he really want the money or is he just trying to leverage this to get better weapons. I don't think it's that. I don't think Lamar's leveraging that to say, oh, I'm I'm not going to talk until you get me better weapons. I think that he truly does believe what he is worth. He truly wants that fully or close to fully guaranteed number that Deshaun Watson got. And again, the reports early in the offseason and, and going back even where he wants the fully guaranteed contract, doesn't matter. But now those have kind of shifted to he wants the 230 from Deshaun Watson's deal at least. So whether it's 300 million with 230 guaranteed or 231 guaranteed, et cetera, that seems to be what it is right now. But I think, you know, to answer the question of why do I think he's so set, I look at the, uh, what was it? It was a show with LeBron James, the shop, right? Yeah, the shop with LeBron James. He went on there and said that, you know, his goals ever since he was little was to two things, to be a champion and to be a billionaire. So it does not shock me that Lamar wants to get as much money as he can out of the situation. I don't blame him also. This is this is an opportunity for him. Now, you you can argue, you know, how much he has lost by, dra by dragging this 
out, we, we'll see. If he plays on a one-year deal and he has another bad year, I think he loses even more money than he has already, whether you think that's he's lost a million, whether you think he's lost 10 million, 30 million, whatever you think that is, if, if you think he's even gained money by having the contracts be what they are. But regardless, he wants the money. I mean, he's in multiple business ventures, has multiple restaurants in Florida, you know, invest uh, investing, you know, the, the entire gym is one of those investment, you know, ventures he's had. So Lamar is very, he's not just a football player, all these guys. And that's one of the aspects I love about this and just the NFL in general is all these guys have unique personalities. They love different ventures, different hobbies. I think Lamar's hobby is to get involved in a lot of different things. And he also just wants to make the most money he can. Again, I'm not going to fault him for wanting that. And Spencer talked about it yesterday where, you know, if you're up for a job promotion for 250, but you only have the 150 offer you know you're going to want to push for that 250 so you know this is kind of like a promotion and well it's kind of a weird comparison but you want the promotion number to be as much as you can get in some situation now, i know this is different it's the nfl you know you're making you know, millions of dollars right hundreds of millions in lamar's case but i think for him it does not surprise me based off of previous comments and all that he has done all that he has invested in that he wants to get a huge amount of money out of this and that he's going to, he's going to kind of stick it, stick his foot in the ground and say, Hey, this is what I want. And this is what I believe I'm worth. So I think that is, you know, not shocking to me whatsoever there, but let's now get into a couple of mock drafts. We'll do one or two from Twitter here. And the draft, it still is crazy how fast the draft has crept up. I mean, for agency, I literally, I think it was the day before and I'm like, Oh, Hey, for agency starts tomorrow. Didn't realize that the draft is a little less than two weeks away. So I, I now know it is approaching. I'm not getting blindsided here, but let's first do a mock draft from Lamar Dobbins, who has the Ravens taking Bijan Robinson at 22, the running back from Texas tank Dell at 86, the wide receiver from Houston, Kayshawn Bouti at 133. This was a trade. I think trading, he traded back from 124. I think that pick was Jalen Jones, the corner from Texas A&M 157. Bilami Fioko, the edge from San Jose State at 199. And Alex Forsythe, the interior offensive lineman from Oregon. Bijan Robinson, this is a bold move here from Lamar Dobbins. Not a lot of people want Bijan Robinson in Baltimore. I know some people do, but I, I did I did a stream on Bleacher Report last week and I picked Bijan Robinson. I traded I traded a 30 and took him, and then I got Tyreek Stevenson. But I always I always kind of duck when I talk about him, talk about Bijan, because you know, at this point it feels like the two options for Baltimore or either hand the keys to J.K. Dobbins or have him walk if he's in another committee because he's going to want just to be a bell cow running back. And if Bijan Robinson is there, you know, it's, it's going to be another split. I don't think Dobbins gets as much as he deserves. Bijan's going to be one heck of a player. I mean, he's going to be a, a top running back, but I still think that I would take other options. I'm not opposed to the idea. At least I'm not as opposed as some people are, but uh, it'll be interesting. If he falls to Cincinnati and then goes on to be incredible, I think a lot of people would uh, maybe second guess that. Tank Dell, Keishon Booty, this is good. I mean, profiles are somewhat similar, but they, they have differences too. Don't get me wrong. Jalen Jones is one a really interesting player. A corner at 157, the, that's the first corner taken and the only corner taken. I'd, I'd probably take a corner at 86 if Bijan's a pick at 22, and then you get Keishon Booty at 133. Just, you need a, a corner. I, I like Jalen Jones, but I just think you need to invest a little earlier. So I, I, actually, I actually like it. I Again, I would probably take a corner earlier than 157. I'm not as opposed to Bijan as some people are, but definitely not my, my first choice there. Then we have one from Ravens GM. All right, the Ravens GM 
chiming in here. He takes Quentin Johnson, the TCU wide receiver, at 22. Tariq Stevenson, corner from Miami at 86. Henry Toto, the linebacker from Alabama at 124. Andrew Voorhees, the offensive lineman from USC at 167. Lazier Abdullah, the linebacker from Louisville, the edge from Louisville at 171. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, the QB from UCLA at 182. Keandre Coburn, defensive lineman from Texas at 199. And Ali Gay, the edge from LSU at 223. This one's good. I'm higher on Quentin Johnson than others. I think that... Johnston, in terms of what he brings, his profiles, what the Ravens need, I would still have Jack Smith and Jigba over him. But then you get to Jordan Addison. I love Jordan Addison. I've loved him even since Pittsburgh. But I think Johnston wouldn't be a terrible pick. Tyreek Stevenson, a really good corner from Florida, from Miami. I think that he'd be really good. And then, you know, linebacker depth, offensive line depth, where he's had the injury at the combine. So that's more of a, it's an investment. Abdullah is one of my favorites and like a mid-round edge guy in this class. Dorian Thompson-Robinson is one of those players like, you know, Malik Cunningham or Stetson. Stetson, I, I pronounced it right. I, I'm going to flex that I can say it right now because I totally forgot his name was Stetson and not Stenson. But, yeah, Doris, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is one of those like late late quarterbacks they could take is maybe like a practice squad option depending on what happens with Lamar and Tyler Huntley. And then defensive line depth, I think they're definitely going to take a defensive lineman and, and Ali Gay for another edge. But maybe I'd take another corner instead of – Ali Gay at, at 223. So we'll see, but really solid mock draft here. You know, Ravens GM living up to the name, and the ad is Eric DePasta. So it's a, it's a funny ad. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked On Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm going to get back here tomorrow. More Ravens content, more draft content here on the show. So be sure to subscribe, like the video on YouTube. Also, follow along in audio form. You can subscribe for free and no money involved here on Locked On Ravens. So be sure to stay tuned for our content. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.